I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Thanks so much for, uh, you know, downloading us, tuning us in today. Uh, today, cool episode, man. We're going we're gonna to learn what it takes to be an equipment manager in the ECHL and some other places. We have the Utah Grizzlies equipment manager, Chris Shornack, with us. Chris, how are you? Doing great. How about you, Jay? Ah, I'm good, man. I, you know, every day is a good day as long as you're alive, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, so Chris, where, where are you today? I'm currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, in the equipment room here in the locker room. We have a game tonight. It's 4.06 our time, so, or I shouldn't say it's uh, 4.06 Tulsa time, so okay. we're getting ready for the guys to get here and uh, just waiting for the game to start. Oh, wow. And you guys played last night too, right? Yeah, really weird. We, we're kind of on an 11-day road trip right now, so we played two in Kansas City, travel day, uh, practice Monday game Tuesday, Wednesday here in Tulsa, travel day tomorrow, and then uh, games Friday and Saturday in Wichita, and then fly back Super Bowl Sunday. So we're in the midst of a, of a long one here. Oh, man, that sounds long. You, I, I did notice that you guys won last yeah. night, though. Yeah, 2-1. to one. Actually, Josh Anderson got his first uh, pro goal in game winner, so that was <laughs> exciting to, to have him finally score. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to do it. It's good to get the GW. Um, yeah. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you originally from? Uh, I'm from Warren, Michigan. Uh, it's probably about 20 minutes outside of Detroit. I grew up there. Uh, didn't really move at all. I went to high school um, at Cousineau, which is also uh, in Warren. And then uh, went to college at Adrian College. Uh, played uh, ACHA there. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. And then ended up moving to... Uh, a few states after that. Well, where is Adrian College? Adrian College is uh, about 45 minutes from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, it's actually in Adrian, Michigan, uh, 45, 50 minutes from Toledo. It's kind of right on the end there of, uh, of the state. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew I had heard of it when I was playing ACHA, but I didn't know where it was. And then, you know, when I was pulling up stats, Adrian College keeps popping up to the top. I think they're undefeated this year, their ACHA D1 team. Yeah, they're, I believe their ACHAD1 team won national championship last year, so that was pretty cool. Um, the D3 team had success. And, um, and you picked up and, a couple national titles team. when you were there, right? Yeah, I did. I did. It was. Uh, I got a very fortunate freshman, sophomore, junior year to win, so 
Wow. Uh, not uh, not very often as that happens. Uh, my my, my freshman year, be a part of that. my freshman year at Weber went a little bit different. We uh, we didn't really win any games, but uh, you know, <laughs> same same thing, I guess. You know, we both played hockey. So. Yeah, just see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, nah, we won. A, I think we won a couple games, but it was. Uh, I remember I transferred here. I, I was playing junior college in North Dakota, and then I transferred to Weber. It was the first year they were going to have ACHA here, and our first game. I, I, I gave up like 114 or 104 shots, and uh, I don't think we even had 14 shots for us. So, yeah, a little different than your experience there at Adrian, but that, that sure sounds nice for you. Yeah, my freshman year, I was just a uh, team guy. I was injured my freshman year, so you had more shots than me that year, for sure. <laughs> All right, so so you, you go to Adrian College, you get a degree. Uh, you have a, What's your degree in? It's uh, business with a sports management focus, so like business management, uh, and then you could take a few extra classes and get like a focus or minor, I believe it was, in sports management. So it actually got introduced my, like, I want to say right before, like they announced it right before you had to like, what do you, commit to declare. one? Yeah, declare. So I was, yeah, declare, yeah. So I was kind of one of the first classes to have the opportunity to even take it, so I was kind of like, you know, might as well. Oh, cool. So, so how do you go yeah. from Adrian College to becoming an equipment manager? And I know Utah's not where you started. You had a few different places that you started. What, when did you decide that was something you were going to do? How'd that come about? You know what? It was when I was really young, Jay. It was 2003, 2004, 2004, 2005. There is a, a team called the Motor City Mechanics in the United Hockey League. Um, and I believe that turned into the IHL, okay. which then turned into the ECHL, if I'm not like it all kind of combined. Um, but I, they played out of the local rink in Michigan or out of Frazier, Michigan, where I played. And I just remember one game, like kind of going up to the tunnel, you know, and asking if I could help. And and they said, yeah, sure. Come on down. I filled bottles for a couple of games and then ended up, we went to every game anyway. So I ended up kind of helping out, you know, Friday, my parents would take me after school. And then, you know, Saturdays, I was usually at the rink playing or at practice. So I just over to the room after and start helping out and uh it just kind of snowballed and i kind of fell in love with it you know just being a part of it and then as i got older i knew i wasn't going to be going anywhere with it so um like you know how ACHA works like there's no real equipment guy or anything like that so i was always in charge of the skates and would help out with laundry and you know just kind of work at the rink for student hours and and be doing those jobs and it kind of snowballed, and in the off seasons, right? Like be playing hockey, then off seasons, I, I would work in baseball uh, uh-huh. to kind of stay to, to kind of get my uh, feet wet. So I worked for the Washington Wild Things, a frontier league. Like they're lower than like a ball. It's like just rookie leagues. I don't know like what you'd call it. Maybe like comparable to the SP or like something like that. Okay. Um, and uh, I worked there for a summer, and then went from there uh, back to school. And then I ended up working for the NCAA team at Adrian when uh, when I graduated. Uh, I actually worked for the Detroit Tigers for spring training before that. And then uh, from there, I, uh, I went right in back into hockey after I worked baseball. I was graduated, didn't play anymore, so I was like, time to take on hockey full-time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a, I, I think most hockey players look for a way to stay involved, right? And you're, you're definitely involved now. Um, so you're... How old were you when you started volunteering at the at the home rink? You said 2003, but I'm not sure how old you are. Yeah, I'm 26 or 25 now, so I was like, what, 12? 
Yeah, wow. Less than that. I'm not, not a math guy. If you ask Tim and Snatch, <laughs> they'll back me up. Not a numbers guy. <laughs> All right, so... No, I, was, I was pretty young, though. I was probably playing Peewee. Oh. So, I'd have been like 10, 11. And that seemed to be the way it was in most of those. Like, we had the, the Golden Eagles here, and some kids that I was growing up with were the rink rats or whatever, and they, they ended up working for the Utah Grizzlies and setting up the nets and helping fold towels or doing all that stuff too. And they're the same thing, 13, 14 years old, and basically we're just free labor for the team. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we have that, you know, I hate to say it like that, but we have those helpers here in Utah now that just love kind of being a part of it. And, I mean, that's just kind of how it starts. And even if I wouldn't have gotten into it, like you learn so much just being around the room and around these these athletes and it's a different perspective like yeah you're there knowing like you're gonna have a job tomorrow but you know how it is in pro like you never know what's gonna happen who's getting called up sent down right. traded so you kind of have a, an appreciation to to be in there and watching these guys every day is kind of a tryout for them in a sense yeah and honestly the same thing can kind of be said for you i mean yeah you know you're gonna have a job here and they're not uh, you know even when coaches get fired they don't usually take out the equipment staff but we've noticed here in utah like the uh, the guy you replaced got pulled up to the A, so the the road's still there for you. Is that something you're hoping for? Do you have NHL aspirations as an equipment manager? Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, you always want to you know work hard every day. You know, as much as a player does, and I think as much as our staff as a coaching staff and Brian, our medical guy, I think all of us, um, you know, at some point want to get to the next level or have the opportunity to and. You know, as cliche as it might sound, like we're still chasing the dream too of making, you know, the NHL, American League even. Like, so, uh, very fortunate though, with that being said, to be, uh, you know, in Utah, considering, you know, it is ECHL and, you know, how it is. Uh, some teams are ran, you know, better than others. And I'd like to think we're one of those top tier teams and, you know, location wise. And my girlfriend's family's from Utah. So it's nice to have kind of a second family here and, it's uh, just very comfortable being here and and having stuff to do where were you, to some of the places we go. Where were you at before you came to Utah? I was in Amarillo, Texas. Is that the SP? No, that's the North American League, so junior Oh, hockey. okay, all right, all right. I remember they yeah. used to have, yeah. Amarillo used to be in, it, it wasn't the SP, I think, what, it used to be something. The Central like, League, Central, it was the yeah, Gorillas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. All right, and uh, were you the head guy there? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I went. Uh, so, so when I was at Adrian, the head coach there is Adam Krug, Tory's brother oh, from Boston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of nice to get him and, and able to kind of you know pick brains uh, with connections. He would help me kind of obtain and and uh, from there, uh, one of the former assistant coaches when Adam played there uh, was the coach in Amarillo and their equipment guy. You know. I think he he left his 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 wife kind of made him leave the job to spend more time or something like that, and uh, and it was a last minute like hey we need a guy and it just kind of worked out that way so yeah. at that point I was like whoever's offering me a job you know want to yeah, you know, at least sure. try to take a jump or do something. So how long were you there? Just one year. Okay. How do how do you get the gig in Utah? Who calls you? What what was the connection there? Um, so when I was at Adrian working, uh, I reached out to every ECHL. So like towards the end of the season, let's say March, April, I reached out to every ECHL and American League 
equipment manager. In some way, I tried to email, you know, usually it's first initial last name at, you know, right. uh, Colorado Eagles type thing, right? So reached out to everybody, and uh, I got three responses back, and one of them was from uh, a former head in San Diego. He's now uh, an assistant in with Anaheim, uh, Matt Brayfield, and he uh, he responded back, and it was one of those we kind of kept in touch over the next you know, few years as, as everything was going on, you know, asking him questions, picking his brain. Um, he had kind of the same route. Like, he started in North American League at 18, uh, you know, where he's from. And it just kind of, it was similar kind of grind. No, I would say grind. He was, he grinded out a little longer than me. But it was, it was nice to be able to ask him questions. And yeah, uh, when we were out of playoffs in Amarillo, uh, I just said, hey, we're out. Like, if you want some help, like, you know, I'm not doing anything. would love to come down, you know, not asking for anything, just a place to stay. And um, he said, sure, can you be here, you know, tomorrow? So I drove 16 straight hours from Texas to San Diego, got in, and then uh, actually, just ironically enough, stayed with the assistant in San Diego, which was Larry, Ryan Tall, yeah. um, and worked three regular season games with them, you know, helping them out, folding towels, and at that time, you know, at the end of the year, they bring up the the guys, right, the black aces. So there's probably like 40 guys there in the locker room. We had two locker rooms going. So it was probably it was nice to, to help out and had a decent amount of work. And then worked the first round of playoffs with them. And at that time, uh, Utah was affiliated with, with Anaheim, and they had gotten knocked out. So Tim, uh, Brandon, the head coach, came down, and we kind of, you know, got introduced to each other and, you know, talked a bit, and one thing led to another, and talked in the summer, and I ended up taking over for as the head guy here. So, kind wow. of a long story, but uh, that's a cool story though, because that's one of those things where you, I mean, that's a gamble that a lot of people won't take, or you know, a sacrifice to drive sixteen hours to go help out and not be paid for, and that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss these days is that um, we have a ton here at the radio station where. We have entry-level positions, and we have stuff where we expect people to come in and, and work hard. Uh, we're Josh, the producer, and I were talking about this just before we went, went on the air. We want guys to work hard and prove themselves, and then they get rewarded by getting the job, right? So a lot of times it's it's volunteer, but a lot of people won't take that risk anymore. They won't, you know, they don't seem to want it bad enough or, or whatever the reasons are. But it's it's cool to hear that paid off for you. Yeah, yeah, I was very fortunate. Like, obviously, uh, I like to think I worked hard for it, but at the end of the day, too, right place, right time. And at the end of the day, too, like, I look at myself now, and, you know, I'm learning the business and learning people in it. And, you know, to think, like, all right, like, if I was in that spot, would I take a chance? And sometimes I'm, like, not sure if I would. So it's pretty cool, like, just a guy that I never really even met in person and talked on the phone to, you know, a dozen times in Matt. Uh, when he was in San Diego, like it was pretty cool that he just, you know, had this kid come take a chance, and uh, you know, luckily it, it paid off, and and we got along well. We still talk, keep keep uh, in contact. Wow. Um, so uh, just fortunate there, and then in the same hand too, like Tim, this kid, you know, gave a kid, you know, from junior hockey with one year, experience, two year experience, a chance, and it worked out. So very fortunate too for those guys, and and Utah in general to give me the opportunity and and everything like that. So I think it all kind of. It's just kind of, I guess, the people they people trust and uh, you know who they're who they're hiring. Yeah, and now you have connections with the Anaheim Ducks system, and now you have connections with the Colorado Avalanche being moved this year, right? So that's that's cool. Like yeah. you're just networking the whole time. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to, and and you know, it's uh, hopefully the right things happen, and you, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I think for us too, like we said, staff, players, everybody, every day is kind of a trial. You never know who's watching, so right. Well, you try not to have too many too many off days, or if you do, try to mask it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, your work speaks for itself, and I think that's how you know that's how you'll get noticed. And I, I've noticed a huge uh, like when you came in. You came in as a top-notch guy. Like, I didn't see any gaps in the way you treated the players or the way the, equip- the equipment was managed. You seemed to already be really dialed in. So that was pretty impressive from my vision, you know, as the, the once-a-month mo- once guy or twice-a-month guy. Because I, I, yeah, no, I've, I've seen other equipment managers drop the ball. I've gotten in there and guys complain about stuff or, you know, sometimes I get when I get the call – I had just played men's league the night before and I got a bunch of dings in my skates and the, we've had equipment guys that don't have time because they haven't managed their time appropriately or whatever to fix my skates. So I still got to go out there and try to keep up with all these young guys with, you know, no inside edge or whatever. And I need every <laughs> advantage I can get. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I attribute a lot to that, uh, you know, too, just real quick to, like, to Tim, Tim does a great job with that. Kind of show me the ropes and, in San Diego too, like when I went there, like they're top notch how they run things at the, at the American hockey level, league level. So it it was just kind of you go there and you see how it's ran there, and you know little tricks of you know setting the locker room up with the players tape at their stall, like little things like that. The guys I think appreciate uh, you you we take tricks and steal them, and I'm very fortunate to to, to have had those kind of you know mentors, not mentors, but uh, kind of those guidelines. Yeah. People with good examples. So tell me, yeah. what is a typical day like for you? I mean, that's I I kind of know because even when I'm not playing, I'll call you and I'll be like, "Hey, I just got something messed up with my gear or whatever. What time will you be at the rink?" And you're like, "I'll be there at six thirty. So I don't think a lot of people understand that the players aren't on the ice till ten on a non-game day. So tell me, tell me a normal day in the life on a game day and a normal day in the life on a non-game day. Uh, normal day practice, uh, usually try to get to the rink, you know, no later than 7, 7.15. Um, our assistant coach and I, you know, he, he hits it more than I do, but we try to get a workout in, a, a bike ride, something to kind of sweat in the morning. Um, so 7, 7.15, get in there. Um, that's pending, like, you know, we haven't had a call up where I have to get in early. Like, that's just kind of a normal day. Um, so get in there, um, do a workout, whatever. Uh, and then we have a staff meeting every morning uh, at 8, 8 a.m. So it's uh, Tim, our head coach, Ryan, our assistant, medical guy, Brian, myself, and Tyson, our, our radio guy. And we just kind of, sometimes it lasts a minute, sometimes it lasts 10. It's just making sure everybody's on the same page, what our lines are going to be that day, what player appearances, who are going, injury updates, all that kind of, you know, things to keep everybody uh, on the same page. Uh, and then after that, you go back to the room and just depending on what you did, you know, maybe do a couple minor repairs that you just saved to kind of eat the clock in the morning. And and then you're setting up the bench, uh, coaches board, stuff like that, getting the pucks ready. Um, there's always socks to sew. So if there's dead time, we're sewing socks. Uh, so, so for people who don't know, like if there's a skate hole in a sock, we sew that up. Um, so there's no holes. You don't see a shin guard, stuff like that. Uh, guys, start coming in usually like Carzy and Anderson Josh Anderson are usually the first couple guys there you know and they'll come in around eight forty-five, nine 9 o'clock um, 
usually traditionally Carzy and I play best of three of ping pong, which he kicks my my tush every time, but it's just <laughs> kind of fun to do. And then we're just kind of kind of waiting and, and making sure laundry's going. My assistant Mason does an unbelievable job helping out. Um, yeah, he's a hard worker. So good kid. Yeah, he's great, and he's been there forever. I've been a stick boy. He's kind of taken more of a responsibility role the last couple of years. Um, so guys get out at ten. I usually don't watch much of practice, but we'll go back in the room, you know, clean up the room a bit, you know, collect the jersey hangers, rearrange stalls, shirts on the ground, stuff like that. And after they get off, it's, you know, a bunch of laundry to do and check skates and sharpen or do repairs. And then usually out uh, on a practice day, 3.30, 4.30. Um, and then you're kind of home for the night. Obviously, all depends. Yeah, that's um, a full day, man. Yeah, and for the players, they, I mean, a player walks in eight thirty, whatever, stretches, gets on the ice, gets off the ice, tra- grabs a shower, and leaves. It's, it's, or you know, grabs a workout or whatever too. But it's yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. So for all the people that don't see, I mean, there's so much work that goes on that maybe even the, uh, the players don't see, and the fans definitely don't know that you're working that hard all the time. Let's, yeah, we try to do like like we talked about earlier. Like I try to take as many things as other people as possible like i might be stubborn on how i do stuff but i definitely like to kind of creep on twitter and and you know talk to guys on, on why they do what they do um yeah i remember you made and, me stop folding towels try to kind of use that what's that you made me stop folding towels because i wasn't folding them in the direction you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> i was just trying yeah. to help well, <laughs> uh, the story behind that is jay when i worked for the tigers our the equipment guy there was so strict that if we didn't fold towels the right way or they weren't neat enough, you'd go up to the towel rack and push the towel stack on the ground and make us refold them. Oh, wow. So now it's like, yeah, now I'm like, you know, we got to do it the right way. My OCD kicks in. So. Yeah, it's a little stricter in your locker room than it is at the firehouse, I'll tell you that. <laughs> We're just happy somebody folds towels. We don't care what's, you know, as long as they're put away. One of the things I've always found interesting is all right you're in Tulsa right now and yeah have any players been pulled up or reassigned to you since you've been on the road um yeah actually we had Anderson or not Anderson we had Davis go up what was it the was it the second game night it would have been Saturday night in Kansas City or was it Friday night Friday night he went up like we found out you know later on in the night so we kind of have to like it kind of sucks when that happens because you got to call the you got to call in the other equipment guy to let you in the back into the rink and generally at that time laundry's going so you gotta make him stop the washer or to get his other laundry bag out and yeah. but yeah it, it happens on the road like i have a i have a travel bag that's dedicated to all like american league guys so it's because when guys come from colorado they have like a Colorado Avalanche laundry bag, toiletry bag, skate guards. So I swap everything into Grizzlies, and then I carry all that stuff in a separate bag, you know, with us. So you well, know, if there is to be a, a call up. How many extra I, sets? I transfer it all back over. How many extra sets of like gloves and jerseys and helmets and stuff do you have to carry on a road trip? Well, we carry like for so for pregame skate, we wear black and white, D and black, forwards and white. Uh, and then, like, for example, Monday we had a, just a normal practice, so you got to carry three lines or power play jerseys, just kind of depending what uh, Tim wants to do, Tim and Snatch want to do. Um, so I carry, like, an extra gear bag, I call it. It's a big goalie bag, and it's got one of each size pants, one of each helmet, 
one of each size gloves, shin guards, elbow pads, shoulder pads. So we actually had an incident in, where was it, Wichita this year where a guy's bag got rerouted to El Paso. So we <laughs> showed up for a game, you know, with no gear. So, you know, luckily we had what we needed. And uh, other than, he just had to borrow somebody's backup skates. And I had all the gear here, luckily. And, and it kind of worked out well that way. But you kind of... 90% of the time you don't need what you bring, but that 10% you do, it's, it's right. important. Yeah, it's hugely important. And I can't imagine having to play a professional yeah. game on somebody else's skates. Like, Yeah, he did it. And it's kind of one of those things, too, like the, the odd time. Like we had a couple guys last year would fly in from San Diego or even this year Colorado, and they show up right at, you know, 445, 5 o'clock. And they've been flying all day or waiting around kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes they have good games then. So I, it's just kind of one of those things where – that's kind of the point of being a pro. Like, just because you have bad gear on doesn't, or not your own skates, doesn't mean you can turn a puck over, right? So, right. I think guys kind of realize well, that and yeah, but still, I mean, down a little more. So, two years ago when I got put in the game, this this is just one of those weird things, right? And I know you'll appreciate how particular goalies are about their equipment. And I got put in the game. I gave up a rebound, and one of our defensemen swatted the rebound out of the air, but at the same time smacked the side of my mask, and it broke the screw off that holds my chin strap. So you know, oh, okay. so you have the other chin strap, and Larry was the equipment manager, and I kept going. He thought I was just trying to kill time. I'm like, I need another screw because now I had to move the screw from the back to the front, or you know, the snap for my chin strap. So now it's right. holding my mask just a little bit crooked. And it's just, you know, it's not a big deal, but you're yeah. used to your equipment feeling a certain way and sitting on your body a certain way. And then here I am, we were down five on three too. We had a, we had two men in the penalty box and I'm, I'm trying to be 43 years old, kill a five on three penalty and my mask is crooked. So yeah. it's, it's just an irritant. <laughs> like, yeah, it's maybe it affected my game. It's hard to tell the slow as I move or whatever. But, uh, I don't know. I, I heard, I, if I remember correctly, it was a good outcome. So I don't know how much it affected <laughs> your game. Yeah, it was a good outcome. I think just like I said, I was slow <laughs> enough that guys thought I'd be somewhere else and they just hit me with pucks. But um, it was Whatever just what, works, but... I'll never forget that. I'll never forget. And so I think that every time I hear about a guy having to wear somebody else's stuff. I also got the opportunity to uh, bat, do an e-bug in a day skate with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, uh, oh, wow. They... They were in Colorado, and I was an equipment rep at the time. And they're like, "Hey, you want to skate with us tomorrow?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I don't have my gear." And they're like, "Get it here, or you can just use." Uh, I'm trying to remember who the other goalie was. The goalie had the flu, and they're like, "You can just use his gear." And I'm like, "No, there's no way. There is no way I'm going on the ice <laughs> in an NHL practice with Sergey Fedorov and not wearing, mm-hmm. you know, not wearing the right gear." Yeah. So it's cool though. Yeah. I got my my wife yeah. flew out there, and they they set me up with all like I had my equipment, but they set me and my wife up with I mean head to toe tracksuit hoodies, uh, the little Reebok travel bags, everything. I mean they took such good yeah. care of me to skate That's one awesome. hour. I don't even think it was an hour long. Yeah, but it was uh it was pretty cool. That's but awesome. I mean the, the stuff you equipment guys have to put up with. So I've given you two weird examples of things that have happened to me just with equipment. Tell me some. Yeah. Tell me you've had to have some crazy stories or some neurotic goalies, or or something. Tell me some crazy stories about being an equipment guy. Oh, I don't know. I like to keep those tight. To be honest with you, I'll oh. give you one. It was weird. I had uh, we had Peter Sivak here last year, um, and, and he was a very particular guy. 
and he came up to me and asked, maybe this is more common, but I'd never heard of it, and asked for another stick uh, to make a water stick. Have you heard of this? No. So in the summers, oh, he would the train. Oh, the Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, he would put water, tap water, in, his, in the shaft of his stick so it would be yeah. weighted. Yeah. And he'd, tr- he'd stick handle and shoot and do all that stuff uh, with that. So I was I, like, I sure, like, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm still green, you know, only a few years in, but I'd never heard of that. And I tell guys the story and they just laugh. And I hear it all the time as a prick. Either. Like my summer camp every year, somebody does that to somebody else. And we've had, honestly, we had one kid get so mad he almost quit. And the mom calls me about people hazing him because they put water in his stick. But I do remember, and I, I can't, I'm trying to remember the player, that they put water in his stick. And he's like, you know what, this is actually kind of cool. And he kept it in there, and he he used it during practice. And he was doing drills with uh, Greg Lieb and Ryan Kanasiewicz, stick handling drills. Yeah. He's like, I I feel, he's like, I like it because it's weighted. So I didn't know it was actually a thing. I thought it was an accident that happened because of a prank. No, no, he would he would ask for it specifically, and he said all summer he used it. And then the last few you know few weeks of the summer, he said he went to a regular stick, and the first like few shots were going out of the arena. Wow. Because, you know, it's so much lighter, right? But yeah. he would use it at the beginning of practice for flow drills or just to candle, and it was just kind of one of those things. I was like, I've never, never seen that before, but, um, you know, it worked, it worked for him. Yeah, that's so, kind of crazy. I, I, you'd think you'd yeah. see that more, because I remember they used to have those little weights that you'd put on your sticks. Yeah. You know, and, and there's just there's all kinds of little things. Like, I love that you guys – with the Grizzlies have those uh, edge savers that you put on the nets. Those were things that were, oh yeah, you know, a personal preference for a long time. And it seems like, you know, there's tons of trainer stuff available online. I'm surprised you don't get hit up with it all the time. Yeah, we usually like with the organization we're in. It's called uh, P Hats and STEM, which is like pro, and now they're letting junior and college guys into it. But it's it's like an equipment manager's, like uh, I don't know, like. Uh, a club or whatever we paid the dues to be in it and you go to these conferences and they have your email so we get emails you know up and down and and a lot of times like uh, kevin carr and i were talking about it the other day like what why weren't we the ones to event like as goalies they you know a piece of rubber that goes on the bottom of the post to save you know our blade yeah. you know stuff like that or whoever invented the strap on the back of the net for the water bottle like there's little things like that, you know, so the water bottle's on top of the net. Yeah, so right. It's so just, every time you, you know, snipe there's you all these little things bottle. that we find, like, yeah, they make, like, special, like, three-prong, like, practice pegs now, so when they're not drilled, you can use them and they hold better. So it's just like, why didn't we think of that? Yeah, that's the same guy, too. That's the that's that same guy out of Michigan. Um, Defender, I'm forgetting his name. He makes... We have our piranha peg, they're called. Okay. And those are out of Michigan, too. Yeah. But you know who I'm talking about uh, out of – out of Michigan, he runs uh, Bandit Goalie School. And he's, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He might have is it Joe, is it Joe Messina? Yeah, Joe Messina. He's the one that's like been that. selling yeah, those. Yeah. He's he's the one that came up with the edge savers, and then he had those three prong uh, moorings for the nets. Yeah. He sells all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah. He's, I you know, it's like uh, back yeah. in the movie Cocktail when Tom Cruise was trying to find his million dollar idea that was because somebody made an yeah. umbrella to put in a cocktail, and that was their million dollar idea, right? exactly well that's cool man uh so you guys are on a road trip you'll finish out the rest of the season um what do you do during the off season oh geez Uh, i try to i try to be away from hockey as much as possible like you know you always hope for a short off season 
you know, just right. because that means you're going deep. But we have our, like our, the P hats, I'm like I was talking about those meetings where all the reps are at, that's a week long and that's like end of June. So. Yeah, and that's usually um, in Tampa Bay or Miami or Phoenix, somewhere nice. Yeah, they just like signed a bunch of your deals. So we alternate between like San Antonio, Arizona, and I'll say the other one's Florida for the next, you know, bunch of years. So, because yeah. it's gotten so big, they have to have it like at one of those like Marriott conference centers, like where they have all the rooms and stuff. So, yeah, I used to present it that. to where I presented it, I think, for like 10 years. I loved it. That was such a great time. Yeah. And then I was always a rival so, with Bauer, but I always tried to get in the Bauer rooms and all the Bauer-sponsored stuff because, you know, they had all the good times. Oh, yeah. Well, cool, man. It's 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 great to hear your story and get to hear, you know, kind of get to know you and kind of behind the scenes of what keeps the Utah Grizzlies running. That's that's definitely you, and um, we appreciate you taking time to be with us. And we're hoping. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, of course. And, uh you know, these are the stories. Stuff like this is you're kind of the glue for a professional hockey team, and it's it's a lot of stuff that people just overlook or think magically happens. And, man, it's I know it's a ton of hours for you every week, and it's a lot of work, and I love that you're meticulous. I love that uh, it takes, you know, that you stop me from folding towels because I folded them to the left instead <laughs> of to the right. But it's uh, it's good times, man. I, I really appreciate you being out here. Um for for our listeners, if you if there's more stuff you want to hear from Chris or you have more questions, just feel free to hit us up on the Facebook page. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, it's super simple. All you got to do is text the word "puck" to five seven five hundred. It's uh it's free. It's so free that we don't even have sponsors. That's how free everything is. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. Of course, get the KSL Sports app on your phone, and you can download all our sports podcasts right there. We have tons of them. We have football, basketball. I think we have like five football ones. I think they're all hosted by Scott Mitchell, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, Chris, you're an awesome equipment manager. Good luck to you and the Utah Grizzlies this year. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, also, thank you for all you do here for Utah hockey. It's, uh, it's appreciated. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, everybody, that's it. That's the Utah Puck Report.